Well, for several weeks, we've been looking at the Apostles' Creed. We haven't said it for two or three weeks. I want to invite you to join me as we recite this creed that proclaims the basics of our belief. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, for those of you who are liturgical purists, you follow the Lenten practices of not looking past the cross, not really considering the resurrection until Easter, not singing hallelujahs during Lent and other Lenten rituals. I'm sorry to mess that up for you this morning. But, you know, the 40 days of Lent, the season that we're in right now, those 40 days don't include Sundays because each Sunday is considered as a little Easter. <clears throat> so as we continue through the series of the Apostles' Creed today, we're going to have a little Easter. This week, we land at the place that follows last week's part of the creed when we considered the statements he was crucified dead and buried what comes after that phrase is our belief about the resurrection on the third day he arose from the dead he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the father almighty every phrase of this creed we've been looking at is significant but the facts proclaimed in this phrase, more than any other, are the ones that set Christianity apart from every other world religion. Listen to the scriptures as they describe the events we'll consider today. From Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to worship him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Excuse me. From Acts chapter 1, verses 3 and verse 9. After his suffering, 
he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. On the third day, he rose from the dead. Plainly and simply, this phrase is about power. Permanent power, not just a momentary display of almighty impressiveness. It's about power that separates Jesus Christ from everyone else who ever lived. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. Resurrection. Not just resuscitation. Resurrection. There are other people who have been brought back from the dead. We see a couple of those stories at least. Maybe more. More than a couple. I know there's more than a couple. But we see in the New Testament, for example, the story of Lazarus. Who was brought back to life. But eventually, he died. And then if you look in Luke chapter 7, you read the story of Jesus bringing a young man back to life right in the middle of his funeral procession. And he gives him back to his mother. But he would undoubtedly die again at some point. More current stories exist as well. You may have read the book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, by Don Piper, who tells his story of going to heaven and then being resuscitated and coming back to life on earth. Or maybe you've seen, read the book or seen the movie, Heaven is for Real, that describes Colton Burpo's experience. His father actually describes the experience of his four-year-old son dying in a hospital treatment room, experiencing a little while in heaven and then coming back to life. And there are other stories you can find, you can read about easily finding repeated stories of a similar experience, but none of those are permanent resurrections to live forever. Someday all those people will die and go to their eternal reward. When Jesus rose from the dead, as we say we believe, he rose in victory over death. He was more than resuscitated because he never died again. He was fully alive on the third day and remains fully alive still today in victory. That sets him apart as a teacher, a prophet, a religious leader. He is the object of our faith. Every other leader or founder of any world religion died and stayed dead. Many of them have their burial places marked as shrines to honor them. But they're dead, buried or perhaps cremated. Muhammad died in 632 and is buried at the courtyard of the mosque in Medina. 
Siddhartha, Siddhartha Gautama, founder of Buddhism, died and was cremated in 483 B.C. Confucius founded Confucianism, died in 479 B.C. and is buried in the Confucian forest in a family burial ground. For Jesus, at best, some people in the Holy Land might show you a possible place where Jesus may have laid in the tomb for three days. Some of you who have, who have made that trip may have seen a place like that, but nobody really knows for sure where it is because it doesn't matter. He's not there. He is risen resurrected victorious over death alive for all eternity that as much or more than anything else has to be the ultimate display of God's power the power that every other religion wishes for is proclaimed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ when he walked on earth in human form he said it would happen and it did. God made it happen just as he said it would. Jesus, the one who we were reminded last week, was crucified, dead, and buried, is now proclaimed as the risen Lord. That's not only what sets Jesus apart from every other world religious leader it's what sets apart christianity from the various religions of the world a living savior who wants to be a part of our lives every day versus founders and teachers who died and all they could do was leave behind a set of rules to follow put another way there are religions there is relationship. Christianity is completely about a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's only possible because of the power of God displayed through the resurrection. Power that brings life and love and hope to our todays and our tomorrows. We say we really believe, literally believe that on the third day he rose from the dead. And in saying that, we're saying we believe in the awesome power of God. Power big enough, power strong enough to raise Jesus from the dead. And that same power is offered to us through the Holy Spirit's dwelling within us. Then comes the next phrase of the creed. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He ascended. He went up somewhere up there where that balloon is and beyond. He ascended. Not just after he died, he went to heaven. But he ascended. People watched him be lifted up into the clouds. His physical body resurrected, was taken up into heaven. What is that? Why does that need to be in the creed? A couple of reasons. 
first. It's a statement of the belief that Jesus never returned to death. When he was resurrected, he remained alive forevermore, never to die again. Second, the phrase keeps us in the present tense when it says he sits at the right hand of God. He sits or sitteth, if you know the uh, slightly more formal version. Present tense, as in it's still happening. Not he set once upon a time, long, long ago, in a place far away. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a once upon a time story. Today he sits at the right hand of God. Now you understand that reference, right? He sits at the right hand of God. It sounds a little too flippant to say Jesus is the Father's right hand man. But it is kind of that idea of of sitting next to him, being there in a place of power and honor and glory with the Father Almighty. This means Jesus wasn't just a recipient of God's power when he lived, died, and was resurrected. He wasn't just an object being acted upon in the past. He is in the place of power. He is at the right hand of God Almighty for all time. He sits with God. Present tense language means that the resurrection power was not just a thing of the past. It's still very real, very powerful, very active in the present, in our world, in our church, and in our lives if we allow that to be the case. We believe on the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. In shorter, simpler terms, we believe in the awesome power of God. There has never been a display as incredible before or since. The third day he rose, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. The power that raised Jesus from the dead and took him to heaven is still available for our lives today. Power for hope, for peace, for love, for comfort, for strength, for all of the things that we need. The same power that was involved in the resurrection, the ascension, is available to us. How many of us need that kind of power to be working in our lives today? I'm there. I hope you are as well. I expect all of us are at that point. Some of us might realize it more than others. But we all need that living power of God working in us, for us, through us. We say we believe it. The question is, do we experience it? In our daily living, in our ongoing relationship with the living God. See, if what we say we believe 
doesn't impact our lives on a regular basis, you got to question whether or not we really believe. What do you believe? Really? What's your story? What's your testimony when it comes to believing and the power of God really impacting you because of that belief? What's your testimony? A lot of you know that my father-in-law died this week. Retired Methodist minister. Janet and I got to be with him in the hospital room about a day and a half or so before he died. And we were there that afternoon. And this retired pastor starts preaching again. And I don't even know if he was fully aware. But his heart was speaking And after preaching and after singing a song with Janet, he says, who's got a testimony? Who's got a testimony? And so I stood there and listened as my wife shared her testimony with her daddy. Who's got a testimony, he said. I wonder who, which of us has a testimony in which we can say with confidence that the power of God is active, working in our lives today. Not, well, it used to be one time a long time ago. Not, well, I try to be a pretty good person and I'm basically religious. But is the power of the living God actually making a difference in our lives today? I want that to be my testimony. I want that to be our testimony. If you're not sure how to answer that question this morning, let me suggest to you that it is time to ask God for more power in your own life have you not been feeling the power of God so much in your heart and life is it something that is gradually having less impact in your life rather than more let me encourage you to not leave today Unless you know for sure that God's power is surging through your heart and soul. Making the kind of difference God plans for it to make. Don't just say we believe, as we did when we recited the creed. Believe in action and commitment and experience the real power of the resurrected Lord now, today, for everything we're dealing with now and in the future. Sometimes I think too many of us live our faith kind of like we're in an electric car. We can only run so long and then we need a recharge. Yeah, we don't have to do it that way. We can live 
one day at a time, faithfully connected to the living God of the universe and experience the power of resurrection in our own lives every day. But sometimes it seems like the things of life, the things of the world around us can drain us. And we need that charge. If you have to honestly say, you know, I'm not really experiencing much of God's power in my life. I really feel the need for a recharge. Hey, that can happen today. You can get a recharge of your experience in Christ today. You can come and pray and ask God for that power. You can trust God more than you ever have for that resurrection power to impact today and tomorrow and the rest of your life. All you have to do is pray and ask. And you can do that in this this place of prayer right here somebody said to me the other day you know phil before the pandemic we used to have people come and pray at the altar all the time when do we get to do that again how about now how about now today some of you some of us need that simple act of coming and praying and saying God my battery's running a little low it's reading about two percent right now I need to be charged I need to be renewed by your power in my life Maybe some of you want to pray and say, God, I know somebody whose battery is running low. I want to lift them up in prayer. You can do that this morning. As we sing our closing song, you are more than welcome to come and kneel here in prayer, whether for yourself or someone else. Need the power? It starts right here. If you need to come please do so as we sing would you pray with me lord sometimes we uh we seem to try and fool ourselves and make us think that we can operate on our own power and then life happens hurts confusions uncertainty pain grief misdirection and we find that our battery begins to run low Lord I pray for those who are there for a fresh touch of your spirit to renew to refresh to recharge heart and soul and I pray God that as you do that that you would teach and enable us to maintain that power in our lives through our daily connection with you where the need is greatest 
do your work in our lives this morning. Help us to live lives that reflect the genuine belief that on the third day he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, our Lord, our Savior, the one who made it possible. We give ourselves to you this morning for you to refill, to renew, to recharge. In Christ's name, amen.